Angie and Carly, two moms with two kids and two different types of cancer, lung and breast. They first met back in 2003 as AmeriCorps Promise Fellows in Boston, Massachusetts as struggling college graduates trying to find their way. Fast forward 16 years later, Angie's in Switzerland and Carly's in London, and they find their friendship reunited by cancer. Join these moms as they navigate through what it takes to heal themselves while raising kids in an expat world. Want to record and yeah, and we are recording. Yeah, so Amaya <laughs> wants to say hi. Amaya. Um, yeah, she wanted to sleep with me tonight. I told her I was doing the podcast, but um, yeah. yeah. Are you okay yes, to be there, Amaya? Yeah. Yes, come in. Yeah. Everybody's. Oh, so, yeah. Everybody's trying to come in. Yeah. Hey. And then What's her, wrong? her brother is. Uh, What's wrong, Liam? Oh, hello. Be a family affair, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can just invite mine from upstairs too. Oh, yeah, they, they are oh, yeah. here. It's five, it's five p.m. <laughs> They're upstairs. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's five p.m. here. <laughs> yeah, it's eleven. My daughter woke up in the night last night, and I was is in her bed. It, but she's not, not the best at sharing, so it's a bit tricky. I, I just like you know when you're tired and you're like, all right, just come in the bed with me. Yeah. Sort of, and um, yeah. yeah, she came in the bed with me, and I was like, oh, I can't really sleep. But anyway, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those nights last night too, like one on each side. Yeah. So there's like hubby sleeping, one kid, me, another kid, and you know I'm the one that's like, yeah, we have <laughs> the only one not sleeping, but they're sleeping. So I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> and you know, it's like actually, like when you're getting older or what have you, you wake up in the morning and you think, okay, gosh, I must have really had a good night out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been sleeping in an awkward position, but really it was just can't handle it like we used to. No. <laughs> so I think um Dr. Kavita, or shall I just call you Kavita? What do you want me you to do? You can call me Kavita. Okay. Or I should say in the UK, Kavita. Is it Kavita or Kavida, as I would say in the US? Kavita. 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 Okay, mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> so yeah. I will stick with it. Um, but yeah, I, I saw you on Instagram actually, and I really take into you. I think you were doing like a dance video or what have you. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, you guys have a TikTok. They they like watching TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I was like, wow, she's quite cool, and she's a mom too. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's it, that's just what just fun little video. That's kind of how this all started a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. So you were when were you diagnosed? In in sort of what? I was. Story? Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm Kavita Jackson. Um, I am over here in DC and I work as an ER doctor up oh, in Maryland, you, not too far. How were you yesterday with all this stuff? We're okay, we're okay. Yeah, we're a little bit, um, we're in Northwest, so we're a little bit further from okay. it. Um, you know, we've just been careful and we've not really left the house. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, <laughs> so we're safe and we're okay. It's a pandemic okay. as well, isn't it? So it's a bit like- Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you guys know how that is. I, I heard you're in lockdown again. And... Yeah, 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 just like, yeah. Stay home. Just stay home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like just stay home. All the reasons to stay home. So yeah, definitely. Yes, this world kind of opened up to me. So December 2019, just a little over a year ago, I just felt this 
pain in my right breast and I kind of grabbed it and I felt a mass there that honestly, I mean, it was four centimeters. It was pretty big, you know, from my yeah. side profile, it was kind of protruding. I mean, I'd never looked for it, but I know if I had, I would have found it. I don't know when, but I definitely would have found that. Um, fast forward to March, you know, I got my primary care doctor and all of that because we had just moved from Philadelphia to DC. I was getting my kids settled. I was starting my brand new job as an attending. My husband's getting, you know, just all this chaos. They got their doctors. I found the lump and then it was my time. Um, very astute doctor, you know, recommended the full workup and everything in March last year. So that's when I found out. Around the same time the pandemic was hitting here um, mm -hmm. as well. And so I kind of stopped um, work because I had to go through chemo. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, you know, frontline workers are doing this and I'm kind of just on the sideline, oh, kind of on my own frontline, I guess, um, yeah. going through <laughs> chemo, <laughs> had a yeah. good response to chemo, eight cycles. And then I had the lumpectomy and lymph nodes. Which, which chemo? I had, yeah, so I did uh, the red devil, that's the adriamycin. Uh, AC, so adriamycin cytoxin, I believe. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the second round, um, I think I went on. I think it was doxorubicin then. Okay. So yeah, I did four with one and four with um, the other, and then okay, the yeah. surgery. We had good response, and I was no evidence of disease then, so that was great. And then I moved forward with the uh, double mastectomy. Um, I'm BRCA negative, but you know, my biggest concern was reduce the risk, like just never, you know, do everything I can mm -hmm. in my power to make, you know, whatever I can to make sure this does not come back. Um, yes. And they quoted me a 1% chance of recurrence a year. And I just, at the age of now I'm 33, but you know, 10, 20 years, I, I you know, if I'm here, a 20%, 10% chance of breast cancer coming back is, it's, it was too much me, mm. too much. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did the double mastectomy. I'm healed up and I'm just kind of waiting for my immune system to be okay enough to get back to work. Mm. So, oh, cool, cool. So, it must have been quite a trying time for you because you were new to the area, new to DC. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, what stage were you diagnosed at? I was stage two, I think, based on size, either a 2A or a 2B mm. <clears throat> at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you must have had quite a bit, like, obviously you had quite a bit going on the DC thing, you know, moved from Philly to DC, all of a sudden this breast cancer came at you, you wanted to get settled at work, night, you know, you're off work, etc. How were you feeling at that time? Because it's quite a bit to go through. <laughs> Awful. It was just mass confusion. I think the beginning, hands down, was the most difficult time for me, you know, you hear you hear the big C word, and I I had my full denial, my full blown denial. Like my records got mixed up. Maybe we need to look at it again. Like a port chemo MRI. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, I'm still stuck. You know, back at the the cancer word that I didn't I didn't say cancer for many many weeks. Um, but just the uncertainty, you know, you don't know what stage, you don't know, has it spread? You don't know what treatment do I need? You don't know any of those things. So you just have no context. And for me, I felt like my head just went to the worst, you know, like the deepest, the darkest. I went from zero to a hundred, um, you know. Yeah, so. and do, did you see, um, obviously you got, obviously, you know, diagnosed with cancer, what have you, it brings out all these feelings, you know, when you hear you've got cancer and all that sort of thing. 
And did you find that you sort of had your doctor head on or did you have like your, oh wait, I'm on the other side now. Hold on, yeah. what's going on? No, I, I think I've definitely worn both heads through the whole experience. It's really hard to ignore that the doctor head, you know, but sometimes I have to rein that doctor head back. Like you're getting too ahead of yourself, you know, like leave that to your doctor. You know, you, you don't have to carry all of those things, you know, let your care team do some of their job and stop mm -hmm. trying to take care of everything. Um, but, you know, I had access to, you know, I know how to read medical literature and, you know, evaluate certain things. And I had that all at my fingertips on my phone. And I just, um, you know, dive deep into researching every little, little thing that I could, you know, but that made me feel a sense of control, you know, understanding, being involved um, with what was going on with the treatment plans, I think helped me feel a sense of control over what's going on. Cause you know, you hear the big C word and it's just like, it's, it's not even that you lose the control. I feel like control has just been like snatched from you of your life, your body, you know, all the things that you go through afterwards. Um, so to have that at my fingertips for me, comforting, at least from the doctor head. And then personally, that took a while to transition into the patient to that side, because I've just never had to do it. How do you practice do it? You know, you don't, you're just there one day. Yeah. 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 Figure it out. Yeah. I know. Like when I was diagnosed, I remember I was at the doctor, they were telling me I have cancer or what have you. I think I had my baby with me actually so it was just like oh what do I do with her now <laughs> but then yeah. um, but then I was kind of like okay had that little moment where the little tears came down I was like okay I can do this and then as soon as I left I kind of went into autopilot mode and I was like right <laughs> I've got to call the insurance I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I was already trying to solve my problems <laughs> you know it's and I think so hard think about those things when you're just dealing with the you you're like wait cancer yeah. like how am I going to handle all the other things that come with it yeah 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 yeah. I mean, it's, yeah it's one of those sort of moments where yeah it's just the the shock and the on I think probably similar to you as well Angie wasn't it where you just kind of well your diagnosis took a long time pretty much. yeah it took them and, like uh, nine months to diagnose me but I was officially diagnosed wow. May um, 2019 and um yeah it was like a same with you like a whole denial at first like because for months they the doctors had been telling me that it's not um cancer and that I have you know I don't have to worry about that in that front so it was just a complete shock just like but you said this wasn't it you said yeah you know and you know like you said I didn't meet the profile you said we were looking for something else so like how can this be you know exactly what you said it wasn't and and that it could be at like stage four and, you know, already just like catastrophic. But again, you know, like I got into like autopilot mode and I was like, mm -mm. you know, I've got my kids were four and six at the time. Um, mm -hmm. like, you know, this is not, I still need to be there for them. This is, this is not, mm -hmm. not what's going to be my, you know, downfall or whatever, you know, like I'm not going out like this. Yeah. So absolutely that autopilot kicks in. I remember with the, you know, all the millions, it felt like millions of, you know, you hear cancer and then all the tests you have to do before I had to do before starting chemo. And, you know, they scheduled everything for me, which was really helpful at that time because I wasn't like functioning to take phone calls or, you know, I told people don't call me like I was not in a condition to be on the phone, but you know, over time that I was thinking about that, like, I think, um, I was like, you know, what would I tell my patients, you know, cause I 
have unfortunately had to have this conversation many times and that's how I'm familiar with it. And I'm like, you know, think a little, what would you say? What are the things you talk about when you're talking about critical illness or someone who, you know, possibly about death sometimes and what does that mean? And how do you wanna um, handle your life going forward? I ask them like, what's most important to you? You know, one thing, two things, three things in your life, like what's the most valuable thing? And like you were saying, Angie, you know, I kind of turned that question to myself and I was like, well, it's my kids. Like, that's obvious, you yeah. know, like, and that kind of gave me some, or, you know, my family, my husband, and that gives you some, uh, gave me a little bit of strength to kind of get, you know, I'm on autopilot, at least give me some energy to get through those steps while I kind of started to understand what was going on, come to grips with it, some acceptance and, you know, a strategy of how, what is the mindset I'm going to have going forward and how am I, you know, what am I taking from this? How am I going to grow and try to stay positive, but, you know, not wash, you just, you know, blanket over or ignore any of the negative emotions. Cause I think that's understanding the full experience of yeah. having cancer and it's really part of it. And I think having fully experienced and understood those emotions, you can just move forward or continue to move upward or whatever direction. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what was, um, I don't know, for me, like it was, it was hard for me to tell my family. I was like, Ooh, you know, it's just, especially cause I live abroad or what have you. So I waited quite a mm -hmm. while. How did you, how did you handle it? So you were new to the area. So you're new to DC. I'm sure you, I was new to DC. I had some, my uncle and aunt live relatively nearby. My mom was actually on her way moving into town. So the weekend she came in to look at apartments near me with my dad, um, I had my biopsy results the day before she came in and she's a physician, right? So, and I was just like, oh, oh, like I have to tell her. I was like, I just can't going through all of the tests and stuff for those three weeks. I told nobody, not even my husband who knows like every little detail about me. He happened to see like the band-aid when I was, you know, we, I was having like a glass of wine. I was just being like all silly. And like, he saw the band-aid and was like, Hey, what's that? And I was like, Oh, you know, I just kind of glossed over it. Yeah. Um, but I had to, I was forced into telling him, but so my mom came into town and I thought, Oh Lord, I have to tell her. I just, it would have been better if she wasn't in person, but the fact that she was actually pushed me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I just pulled up my biopsy result the same way I found out, um, you know, I chose not to accept the phone call. I read the results myself. That's just mm -hmm. how I wanted to do it. Yeah. But I pulled up the results, we were, you know, she was putting my girls to bed. They fell asleep. She was sitting, sitting in bed and I just like, um, showed it to her, you know, and she was like, <laughs> she's like, what patient is it? You know, like, why are you showing me this? And I was like, no, it's mine. Like scroll up to the top. And she, in the same way was like, no, mm. no, yeah, but she was the only person. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else. I sent a brief text out of obligation. Like my brother, my closest people with wanted you to know this, uh, you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Do not call me work colleagues on my way out. I sent a brief email, just to a brief update of this is what's going on. I'm leaving. If you see, don't approach me. Don't bring it up. Don't talk to me about it. Like, mm. yeah, I didn't enjoy that part. Wow. Yeah, it's tricky, so, actually. I mean, I've been watching sort of Grey's Anatomy in the evenings because sometimes I stay up late at night <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and um, Catherine, one of the doctors in the program who is played by Debbie Allen, I believe, uh -huh. um, she had cancer or what have you and she presented the case to all of the you know top doctors like Meredith Gray and whoever else and it, it turned out that it actually was her cancer her own oh yeah. yeah and um 
she didn't want to talk about it, you know, similar to you or what have you. So yeah. she showed them, similar to how you showed your mom, really, with, without having to say anything. And then, they yes. sort of, you know, they went through the doctor speak or whatever. And that was how they kind of moved on. So I get that. So did you sort of, um, I wouldn't say block people out, but did you sort of just kind of say, I'm dealing with this, let me deal with it just sort of to, to get by or what were your feelings at that time? I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Like I didn't want to answer the questions and whatever that people had to say for the most part, you know, they come in like four or five flavors yeah. um, you can, you know, when you say like, I had, I have cancer or have had or whatever, you know, the response usually fits into one of four, four to five things. And I just didn't, I didn't want to, yeah, I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. It's just like a trauma, <laughs> just yeah. like you know, going over it over and That's, over again. And it's it, just like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah completely agree and I, I understand I feel bad because I have said all of one of those things to somebody before and then now on this you know in this position I, I see those comments and that thought very differently but I, I completely agree Angie I just thought it was tr reliving the trauma over and over again so I would copy and paste the yeah. same messages over yeah. and over and over exactly again. yeah I created a Facebook another Facebook like a WhatsApp like wellness group where we were just like, yeah. started out with just like, you know, some of my closest friends, it ended up with like 50 people on there, <laughs> but just like, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have to keep telling everyone. Um, and even now, like, I don't really update so much because again, it's just like, uh, you know, you don't want to have to relive mm -hmm. or, you know, just go through. Yeah. But I mean, but when did you decide to like be open about your because now you know like we found you on yeah. Instagram and you know like <laughs> well yeah now I feel very differently about the uh, you know um it actually started because of this trying to keep my loved ones updated I have a I'm very fortunate to have a very huge support network you know across the world really I have a large support in India and all over the the country and I have a lot of family members that care about me for me to be able to stay in touch with everybody and update everybody without having to individually do it or to relive the trauma is how I actually started my blog. And that was around this time I was starting chemo. I think the first day I had my chemo, um, you know, nobody could come with me. I was by myself. I had like six hours to myself. And the last time I had six hours to myself, like. <laughs> between the hospital and kids and husband and school and study it's been you know a very long time anyway so the blog came as an idea I thought oh you know if I just have to write it here once mm -hmm. and anybody you know my friends or anybody who wants to read it can come and do it and I don't have to keep saying it over and over yeah. again and I'll try to make it as detailed as possible trying to anticipate the questions and put them, direct them here. And that's, that's how the blog started. And over time, I found the writing to be more therapeutic for myself, actually, just writing some of these things out. I don't, I don't post everything I write, you know, but it just felt very good for me as something I've never done before. I'm a hard science type of person. I write research papers and things like that. I don't do creative writing and I, I don't consider myself a creative type person, but kind of really liked it. And then I, getting towards, um, you know, getting good response with my treatment and just my mindset and the positivity and feeling good about coming out of this experience and moving forward stronger and with all these things that I've gained um, I started to think of these like you know little motivational excerpts here and there and that's 
kind of how some of the videos came apart, just little snippets of like, hey, like you got, hey, you're cool, you know, like, hey, we're here together, like, you know, just hang in there. It's, I've never seen anybody that looks like me, even as patients. Now I'm kind of going off at my whole tangent, but yeah. I've never so seen anybody. <laughs> yeah, like as a, when I was diagnosed, I also struggled because I've never in all my patients that I've seen with cancer, seen an Indian woman anywhere around the age of because 32. We don't like, talk about just... it in our community. Like, like, you know, in the yeah. African-American, Caribbean, Indian, American, it's like, no, yeah. you, don't, you don't talk about it. It's only after, you know, remission and nobody needs to. And I found that too, like when I started being public and, you know, talking about my, my story on Facebook and Instagram, people were like, in, like DMing me and saying, you know, I have it too. And like me being shocked, like what, and, you know, you, and yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's a very hushed up, stigmatized um, sort of thing. And I, I know my um, a family member when I mentioned the blog was or some of the social media stuff, they were like, but why? Like, beta uh, And that means like, you know, honey, sweetheart, like, what are people going to say? And I was like, but about what? Like, what do I have to be ashamed of? Like, I'm not understanding, like, I didn't ask for cancer, right? Like cancer fell into my lap, very unwelcome. I dealt with it. I'm dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not understanding what I have to be ashamed of. Exactly. So yeah. I, I started connecting with um, some students, uh, well, through social, social media, some medical students um, and women in India had found me um, and wanted me to teach some breast exam um, techniques and talk about breast cancer. So I did a couple talks on that. Um, and then we just briefly chatted. They were like, yeah, you know, there's all this stigma. People don't um, talk about it. And it's a big thing, but we recognize kind of quietly that it's a big problem. And we want to bring access to the women that are too ashamed to talk about it or too ashamed to talk about screening, you know, like, how are you going to get people diagnosed early and save lives if, if we're too scared to even talk about it? Mm. And, you know, and I told them, I was like, I had no idea. Mm. People in India, you know, all these Indian women have breast cancer. I had no idea. I've never heard of one person. Mm. And so I like to be out there to say, hey, you know, like you're saying, Angie, like, hey, we, we're here. We're, we exist. Let's talk about it. Like, yeah. we're here for you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's sort of the first time like educating sort of getting the word out there it's okay it's okay yeah it's okay yeah I would get like from my own family member, like you know like they would say like why are you posting this picture like people are gonna see how mm -hmm. you are or people are gonna see you have no mm -hmm. hair and it's like yeah but that's how I look yeah like what am I you know what am I yeah <laughs> Right. That's the truth that I'm dealing with and I'm okay with it. You know, especially if I've gotten to a place where I'm okay with it and I'm comfortable with it enough that I want to share to potentially empower somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, now you're not going to stop me. I'm just saying, but <laughs> you know, it takes, it takes a lot to get there and to yeah. be able to offer that to yeah. other people. So, yeah. And yeah, with your kids, with, with your daughters, like, how are you, how did you you know, tell them how old are they? Oh, <laughs> so uh, my um, eldest is four and my youngest um, turned two in October. So oh, wow. okay. they, I'd say they were 
attentive you know I didn't like sit down and have a talk we just kind of fell into it like they would um you know they had seen my port they see the band-aid and they would take the band-aid off they understood my my lidocaine numbing cream mm -hmm. um and, you know I, I have a boo-boo on my chest and my eldest daughter would like look at the JP drains you know sterilely and stuff and like oh she's like oh it's like um Play-Doh or what's it called like slime in there you know kind of engage in that way and mm -hmm. you know so we didn't really use the word cancer but they understood I go to the hospital I get medicine you know I had a surgery I showed them my wounds as much as they were interested to see mm -hmm. my my youngest she's kind of like a heavy-handed spirited kind of she didn't she no she's like oh boo-boo okay now let me jump on you yeah <laughs> she didn't get it as much <laughs> kind of boo-boo that is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, ah, you know, <laughs> I'm like too much, too much. <laughs> but having that spirit and that energy around, honestly, like it's just wonders, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's so healing and just kids are so unencumbered and, you know, just their innocence and how they, they approach like life and their experience. It's such, such delight in all this, you know, yeah, it's yeah. nice. I think you're right. I think the way obviously children act is they just kind of live in the moment. They don't think about, yeah. <laughs> you know, the ins and outs yeah. of things. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what my that's what my therapist was telling me too. Like, you know, sometimes when we let ourselves go to the rabbit hole of like what if and everything, and she's mm -hmm, like, yeah. mm -hmm. and we we get like that huge FOMO of like, you know that, you know, this is the ultimate FOMO, like missing out on everything and you know, like your kids' lives and everything. And she's like, yeah, but kids, they're not gonna look at it as like, you know, stuff that could have happened, you know, because they only live in the moment. And so, you know, so there for them now and sharing the memories with them now is what they're gonna remember. Not, you know, oh, well, she could have been walking me down the aisle or, you know, could have been there at like, yeah you know my graduation or whatever it's no it's 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 the in the moment stuff that they yeah, yeah not, I, I never thought about it <laughs> you know. yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't thought about it like that but it, it's so true like they don't they don't I'm thinking of some things I tried to explain but my daughters weren't getting it because they weren't thinking that you know I'm thinking like <laughs> 10 right. steps forward but uh, I was just talking to my eldest daughter about going back to work and you know I'm trying to coordinate some of those things and she was like but but don't like I don't want you to go back to work <laughs> I said well but why you know what am I gonna do she's like well I want you to stay home and play with me <laughs> and this is the this valid through yeah. my having um breast cancer is the most time I've actually spent with my kids since they've been alive because I usually am in the hospital or you know I'm working nights and weekends and things like that so I see them while they're sleeping but you know there's days sometimes they're weeks where I just see them sleeping and so because of breast cancer and because of being home and COVID and their schools being closed I've been you know schools and daycare I have been with them almost 24 7 and it's mm -hmm. It's, I think it's brought a nice balance to my hospital life. Like something I was just really looking forward to when can I get some more time at home? And that was a true silver lining um, for me to just, you know, be there. And it's gonna be a transition now to, you know, going back to back to work, but mm. I'm really grateful to have had yeah. that. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned a good point there, the whole <clears throat> silver lining. So obviously in any situation, there's always a silver lining, isn't there? And I think you brought yeah. it 
squat at home right there, just spending more time with your children. When you know, knew that with you, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat is being a bit funny. Um, when you you'd possibly still be at work or what have you, and that must sort of, you know, through all the strife, through all the, you know, the hard times or what have you, that, that must make you feel really good, I think. I guess. It it does. I it, it really does. And it's something a huge thing that I take away from this experience is that it allowed me to have that experience. And so it's a it's like so many conflicting emotions in the end because I never would have chosen this path and I still yeah. wouldn't wish this on anybody, but I'm coming out of this with more wins than I see losses actually so I'm really happy about yeah. that and a lot of that has to do with mindset doesn't it just the way that you you know you see things you see the world and, and coming out on the other half um Angie and I are trying to get into mindfulness at the moment aren't we Angie mm -hmm. yeah trying to do more meditating mindfulness and yeah you know being in the now all of this mind over matter mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's anything that works for you Vita that you oh so like you or any alternatives or any you know I try to think of it they try to bring wellness into um healthcare providers and lives and stuff but it's always something like meditation and yoga and like mm -hmm. I've tried that and they're okay but it's like I, I just suck Need at them and then I'm like I guess I I'm like this is not for me but sometimes um I almost feel like you know, this just sounds so dramatic, but sometimes any moments that I have to myself, yeah. um, it's just kind of like just me being in the moment with myself. Like if I am, yeah, like if I'm in the shower, I take a long hot shower by myself. Mm -hmm. That's it, just me with my thoughts almost, which is I guess being in the moment for me. Um, you know, yeah. I can't hear any of the noise. <laughs> the screaming and the yelling in the background and all that kind of stuff but I can just be with my um thoughts and then I think uh getting back into working out recently I've been working out with kettlebells and it's something about that you I kind of feel like in the zone I have like the music I want like I'm you know feeling like I'm improving my body I'm gaining strength and recovering from you know a lot of the effects of chemo and surgery um and so that kind of feels like a mindset you know I'm kind of focusing yeah. on what I'm doing and that takes me away from some of my distracting thoughts mm -hmm. of the day but yeah I think you have to find what works for you yeah. yeah. How is meditation uh, working for you guys? Well, I mean, I guess I'll start it off because I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm not a relaxer. <laughs> um, I've had my, my ovaries out and my mind is in the menopause. So I'm just all over the place sometimes. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, similar to you with the children, you know, especially with the homeschooling or home learning at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, also, I mean, I can relate to you in the sense that when I had my chemotherapy, I wanted to go alone. <laughs> I wanted some time to myself. <laughs> Let me just chill. And then when I started taking or started having dosy taxil, they were like, well, you need to bring someone with you. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I reaction to that one. I was like, what? But I did have um... someone with me. It was fine. It was okay. <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that time to yourself sort of moment. Um, Mindfulness for me is a work in progress, I think. So mm -hmm. I in the calm app. I'm not consistent. Um, I admire my friends that are very calm and I mm -hmm. tend to have them. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm just starting to get in the habit of it now, I think actually. Mm -hmm. I think it might work for me. And I'm not a relaxed person at all, but I quite now that I'm homeschooling again, I definitely told myself I have to start making this a focus and just sort yeah. of 
making a like priority for yourself, like bringing yeah. that balance of, but I agree, a, a work in progress for sure. Yeah, I don't. It's not going to be a one thing that's going to work forever for everybody. So yeah, and a lot of people think. A lot of times, people think that <laughs> meditation is like you trying to stop your thoughts, and it's really not yeah. that. You know, like we're humans. We always, right. you know, like our minds are just always going to be like going, and it's just like it's just noticing it and like not having judgment about it and just you know moving on. But it, yeah, mm-hmm. like, it's definitely a work in progress. It's a muscle. You have to build it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as even if it's like five minutes, ten minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, some days I I don't, and I notice like the difference when I don't do it. Like, like my mm-hmm. day is kind of like out of whack, and you know, I'm less centered. Mm-hmm. And everything. But um, no, I was gonna say apropos music. What's on your playlist? Do you have like you know? I do actually this is funny I'll uh, I like MIA oh, I'm not okay. from, sure if you're familiar yeah, with her yeah. um yeah. a little hip-hop rap and um I think she's mm-hmm. from at, at some point she identifies with the UK I believe yeah. she's yeah, like yeah, a foreigner yeah, yeah. 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 Sri Lankan anyway yeah. um she featured on this song by Bauer called Temple recently Okay. Or not recently, I'm sorry, but that's what I'm listening to. It's called Temple. Temple. Um, and I just like it. I think I'm going to use it for another TikTok, um, oh, actually, because okay. she just comes out. The first line is about warriors. She's like, hey, warriors, like, you don't got to worry about money. Like, you got me. Like, we're together. You know, you don't need anybody. You don't need anything. Yeah. You have us. Like, you have mm-hmm. me. Um, and I think that's a nice message for anybody, anybody who mm-hmm. is affected by breast cancer. Really, many people, warriors of all kinds, right? There's so many different kinds. Um, but I, I do like that message. And I just like her strong, you know, voice and presence and her, mm-hmm. what she stands for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, cool. I mean, yeah, music plays a big part in our, our, our life, Andy, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in song. What do you listen? What have you been listening to recently? I, I'm just so random, just like everything, <laughs> everything, just whatever comes. Carly, Carly thinks in song, so like whatever you say, ah! song, like you know, with those lyrics. Yeah, so like, <laughs> the day, my, my song was "All at Once" by Whitney Houston. It just came mm. to my mind, like it was mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing in DC, like trying to homeschool the first day. It just all came out all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to get the mic out and just have a bit of karaoke. Just get it out, you know? <laughs> can't get those high notes. Like, I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I'm sort of, I kind of listen to everything, actually. I haven't heard that song um, by MIA, but I'll definitely. Yeah, I like, like, all of her stuff, so. Yeah, love it. You know, you enjoy um, but that actually may having you mentioned that actually that song I just wanted to have a chat with you about warrior then um so mm-hmm. Andy and I talk the term warrior quite a bit don't we Andy with various people um mm-hmm. and um I don't know like how would we define warrior in in regards to cancer we see it in adverts or commercials or in the news or whatever it's just everywhere this this warrior we're like heroes guys mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that and how do you take it I mean Angie and I have got our own opinions um 
obviously, but you know, happy to go first. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think when I start, I really didn't think about it till I was starting some of the Instagram um, posts and stuff and thinking about hashtags of, I knew, you know, I was seeing Survivor I'm familiar with, Survivor. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I like that, you know, thrive, like make the, you know, you're really doing well or making the best of the situation. Pre-Viber was just new to me. And I, you know, I don't, I don't have BRCA, so, or any of any other um, genetic predisposition, so I didn't really fit that. And then I saw Warrior and I just, I don't know, I like, I like liked it. I was like, okay, when I think Warrior, you know, I think I, I fought, like I went to battle, like I went to war, um, you know, I'm a fighter and that's what it spoke to. And I felt it was empowering and I felt more strength from that. And I think it can apply to anybody, right? It's not just anyone in remission and, you know, survivor was, I guess survivor could really be anybody because you're surviving the whole time, right? That's what we're doing. We're fighting to survive. But for me, I, I was kind of thinking more remission and, you know, warrior just felt like a mindset I had throughout and came out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of, yeah. 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 I mean, you kind of tapped into how, like, obviously we're all new to cancer, aren't we? <laughs> we didn't, we didn't. Yeah. It when we were yeah. <laughs> Crash course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All these yeah. like terms and things like definitions. And, I mean, pre-viver, that's a more modern one, I suppose. Um, you know, yeah. warrior for growing up or survivor, I think is probably more, you know, common mm -hmm. as we were growing up. But there's all these different terms and this lingo and language and you know you learn about what's politically correct what's not politically correct all these different yes. things that come to mind and um I guess I'm still learning as I go actually because I'm not down with all the lingo <laughs> but warrior yeah that one that's definitely one how do you feel about warriors what's your stance um do I mean I, I guess I don't I don't really have any particular stance I feel I think I think I mentioned it in one of your um you know comments on Instagram I feel mm -hmm. like I don't feel like I'm a warrior. I'm just doing what I have to do. That sort of a thing. Although, mm. um, you know, you know, when you have those moments when you feel strong, don't you? You're like, yeah, I did it. You know, that this little fake muscle thing comes out. No muscles here anymore, by the way. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you know, you have your moments when you're feeling strong, you're feeling good. And, you know, I just, I don't know, I do a little pose or whatever. And my children laugh at me. But hey, what do you do? Um, I, I think you're right because that's very much how I feel. I am like, I've been on a high... Yeah, yeah. Since coming, you know, with the remission and the double mastectomy and just whatever. So I think I, I totally, I think what you're saying is totally, um, totally true. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I ran a marathon back in the day. So if we're talking 2003, 2001, I don't know, but um, it sort of gives me that same sort of feeling, you know, when you have those moments, you're like, yeah, I did it. I did this chemo or I did whatever you get those, those feelings and you get in, in cancer, you go through the highs and the lows, really. You're on those different cycles. Um, mm -hmm. I think where I probably feel more like a wire warrior where I've had to fight is just with the admins of cancer, really, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, you know, it's doing what I have to do, but mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a bad, you know, a bad something side of things um, and just sort of, you know, making things happen, you know, reaching out, keeping up with research and that sort of stuff. Um, so for me, mm -hmm. that's probably where the warrior um, kicks in but I can't really and it's all part of it it's like all part of that yeah, experience really yeah for yeah. better or for worse yeah yeah I get a lot of you know friends who say like you know wow you're you're so strong and you're so brave and you know you're so and it's like mm. well what other option do I have like like for me it seems like you know that 
yeah there's that's exactly what i was gonna say brave is the word i think i saw in a post recently after my covid vaccine actually and i was like brave i was like wait why are they calling me brave and then i was like what have i done you know i was like hang on a second let me i i didn't really understand you know and i agree so when i when i hear brave that makes me think of I'm just doing what anybody would have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Many many people would have done. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I said it's just one of those term things. I I think it's it's the learning curve, isn't it, for people on the other Mm -hmm. side, people dealing with cancer. Um. Yeah. And then sort of, I guess it's like the feelings around a word. If someone were to say something to you, and I think we tapped in a little bit in how you know, I think you said mentioned five different ways people would respond. Mm -hmm. You know, you had cancer. You and um, yeah. it's just you know sometimes wording can be a bit funny and we take it different ways as yeah but anyway, um, yeah. but I think oftentimes it's really tricky for people on the other side to even yeah. know what to say and sometimes we don't even know yes. what to say ourselves, do we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tricky. Um, you know, so I guess if, I mean we're chatting a bit more, just thinking about what is what are some of the things that we've heard that maybe wish we hadn't heard um, oh, all the remedies they tell you oh you have to <laughs> now it's like you have to try this drink. and you know so they always heard so and so drank it and now is in remission and so and so and it's just yeah. like, guys if you if, if it really were this easy you know don't you think you know? i know i w- i wish right but I, I agree. I think it's very challenging for caretakers or the people that are responding, mm-hmm. you know, that situation is so uncomfortable and awkward and um, as much as, uh, yeah, probably more for them than it is us. You know, I feel like when you're at the point where you're telling people, you know, in a certain way, we're, we become more comfortable, but they're never really yeah. comfortable. Um, yeah, I got a lot of recommended treatments, a lot of things I've looked into myself, <laughs> you know, different diets and uh, supplements and this and this and this mm-hmm. and that. Um, I think free boob job that's, um, in relation, you know, relationship to breast cancer surgery, um, and stuff like that. And I just bring that up because I, myself in my head kind of thought and felt that way about it at one point, which is kind of hard to explain. I'm really curious where that, how, you know, how I believe that thought the way I did or where my mind was coming from. And, you know, I completely, I mean, it's, it's not free in any way. And we're not just talking finances here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm. that's what, yeah, I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah. That's a tricky one. I mean, I mostly have heard like, yeah, the diet things like cow, people always recommend cow. I mean, we grow cow in my veg patch that I've started in, in the spring for the rabbit because the rabbit really loves cow in our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously not grow it in the winter. Um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard different things. Um, I also, when I lost my hair, I wore headscarves. So people just thought it was like a fashion statement or mm-hmm. you know, um, just, I probably have heard various things along the way. Probably my, the funniest one I've heard, <laughs> but wasn't funny at the time, but I look like a vampire. That was a pretty good one. I'm just saying when, um, you know, I was walking down the street and not necessarily like, didn't know how, quite how to respond to that one. Cause that was, yeah. Funny. But I had um, I, <laughs> I was growing back, so it's probably about your length, really. Yeah. And uh, I had my port out, or my port uh-huh. just got in. 
my port just got back in. So I had like a plaster here. There's maybe a little bit of blood, like it just spurts out every now and again, a little mark here or what have you. Mm. And um, I was in a shopping center and this guy was trying to get me to sign up with his bank or what have you. Obviously, I'm not going to, but I walked by. <laughs> he called me a vampire and I was like, oh. so you know what I had to do? <laughs> I had to go back. <laughs> and I mean, you do hear like these silly, you know, funny little remarks and, and luckily, I'm, I was confident enough, actually, to just say, look, this is unacceptable. That's just who I am anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think I often think about people that don't feel as comfortable or feel a bit more vulnerable in those type of positions. You know, it must be quite tricky for some people going through the process and probably us at some point as well, where we hear things or people say things that hurt our feelings, really. Um, and it just, I think it's part of the journey really, but again, they don't really train you for that. Do they, we don't know these things, do we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. And they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this whole like learning curve. Um, yeah. So I thought I'd definitely have to go there. Cause that's just one of those, those things. Yeah. And there, there's certain situations. Like I, I think I have a video on, I was getting a lot of comments on my hair, actually a lot of positive comments, mm. but it took me a while to see it as positive you know like somebody would say something I just want to turn around and like ah, like you have no idea you know but they yeah, then I was like Kavita they yeah. have no idea yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like, they have no idea so let's you know if you want to respond just choose a way that empowers you and you know educates them or you know so you know it doesn't have to be a nasty remark because yeah. they don't know how could they know how yeah. would they know? I don't have it like, you know, plastered on your yeah. forehead. Um, plastered yeah. on my forehead. Yeah. 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 That's the other thing too. Like, wait, sorry. Oh, you go on MTG. No, that reminds me of like, you know, this sometimes being like, um, you know, invisible disease, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of times, it's like, it's like, uh, you don't look like you're, you have, you know, stage four lung cancer and you know you don't wow you but you look healthy and you look this and it's like your body mm-hmm. your outer body doesn't match like what's going on yeah that's going on inside yeah then, you know having to like defend yourself or I don't know having to um to deal with those comments sometimes can also be I th- dramatic <laughs> I think that's awkward yeah yeah like people say like, oh yeah I got that you know like well with steroids part of my treatment I never looked on the frail side I became plumper which I think <laughs> most people were very confused about I gained like 20 pounds through my treatments which yeah. I was like I you know oh but um and it's something I'm struggling with but uh you know your skin looks really good your weight is good you seem to have a good appetite you know, and I think it's like meant to uplift. And I'm like, oh, once again, like, oh, that's great. Like, I'm glad it looks like that. But I feel like ASS. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, how much is too much? Like, how much do I have to convey to you how awful I feel? Like, what is purpose, I guess? Like, am I complaining too much? Is this traumatic for me? You know, <laughs> I'm just like, do I suck it up? And do you, you know, mm. do you, yeah. Was like that question, like when someone asks you, how are you? Or how really are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. How you answer that, I suppose. And we kind of talk about that often, Andy, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, do you want the real answer or just the perfunctory, yeah. you know, I'm fine. You know, how are you? Like, I'm fine. Let's move on. Yeah. 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 I mean, we 
moving back to the um the bit about so when when angie was diagnosed with sustained four early on you started on a chemo tablet didn't you and i think that's probably where you got a lot of comments from people saying but you look fine because you yeah. hadn't lost hair or anything How, yeah because the chemo tablet, tablet was great you take it every day you don't lose your hair your health improves like drastically in a couple mm -hmm. of you know like 24 48 hours and you know you just pray that your body can take it um for as long as it can but in my situation um my non-small cell transformed into a large cell which is um mm. very rare <laughs> like already i have mm -hmm. a rare you know disease and then and then with lung cancer there's the whole stigma of you know oh did you smoke and you know smoke yeah and i was diagnosed at 37 so I, I had another doctor one time tell me like wow did you start smoking at one years old because <laughs> You know, that's, and then it's like, okay, you think you're being funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. It's like, that's um, not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just, um, cause like, yeah, currently now I'm on, I just finished 12 rounds of radiation and I'm on chemo and I started taking the prednisone and I don't know, like I'm, I'm super tired right now, right now, because I hadn't slept um, all night because of like the, the DC riots, watching that and just not being able to sleep. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, with prednisone, like you, my whole thing was like insomnia. The last time I had, I was on prednisone for that long. Yes. I, I ended up writing a children's book in 48 hours. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I just- Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much energy i would just get up and like eat bananas i should <laughs> i would be up at like three in the morning but i would be in the kitchen yeah <laughs> i should have yeah. been more no, i had my like laptop a, in front of the kitchen yeah no no i was at a clinic it was like a like a rehab clinic oh okay. and i was the oh, youngest see, person there at the clinic and we had to do exercises and i was breaking all these records <laughs> they were oh from like 80 90 year old people and just like, oh. it's like prednisone like the new like limitless pill yeah <laughs> i mean yeah but it does a lot yeah. of other yeah, <laughs> yeah. not so fun yeah so that's the thing yeah i'm on this vicious cycle where because the effects of the chemo and the radiation like have messed like my esophagus it feels like i'm swallowing knives oh. every time i swallow so i can't really eat and i've i've lost i'm at the weight where i was like back in high school and you know they're like oh, if you wow. don't put on some pounds we're gonna have to put a feeding tube in you and i'm like i don't want that yeah. so i'm like an operation fat me up this week try to see what i can do to gain some extra pounds <laughs> but you know all this, it, this, is a, this is like why it's, it's a marathon you know like you think you you you're done with one thing and then another thing pops up and it's just like and people think like, oh, okay, you know, you can do it. You beat it, you know, and it's done. You're in remission, no evidence of disease. You're done. It's like, no, I'm not. This is like a lifelong thing. So, yeah. That must be the hardest thing to accept, Angie, isn't it? Just the, yeah. The yeah. Of it all, really. And um, it's very tricky. I think it's very, very tricky. Very, very I think tricky. definitely having recently come to the survivorship or survivorhood, uh, you know, I as well, I thought, okay, great, in remission, no evidence of disease, 
-hmm. you know, then I found out my immune system, you know, I I was literally geared up to go back to work. And then two weeks before I was starting, my first shift was scheduled. Um, You know, I I wasn't really cleared to go back. And I was like, wait, but I'm in remission. Like, how is this Mm. affecting, you know, wait, this is still affecting me, Mm. you know, and um, just some future planning and just thinking about, I don't know, if I am in menopause or not, or what's going on there, I have one ovary and two left and I'm 33. I had some ideas in my mind, you know, like I'm just, I don't really know what's going on with that regard. And that's another way it's going to continue to affect me. I have two daughters, you know, I have to think about them and (laughs) it's going to continue to affect me and it's going to affect them. And I'm learning what this means of it's not just a buy done see you never it's, yeah. it's like part of me for better or for worse for you know it's always going to be a part of me yeah and I think um, I mean like you you so obviously um I mean you you make up a, a good point where like cancer isn't over you know you've got cancer whether you've got no other incident disease or you're carrying on it it's never really over and um mm-hmm. probably the trickiest but actually is to figure out how to manage that um you know, and how to get through those different cycles because there will still be appointments, um, mm-hmm. still be drugs that you're on, like, for example, my Lutrazole and mm-hmm. some I've had my ovaries out. Every day I deal with, you know, deal with the side effects or what have you. And I'm, I'm coming mm-hmm. to reality. And it's probably why I've got, got started meditation, really, or mindfulness just recently, is um, just having to deal with that all. Because, you mm-hmm. know, constantly reminded those sort of things and just how do you kind of, deal with it as opposed to kind of like set it aside and say okay we're done now because what I mean what I was doing from the start or after I finished treatment is I was just putting it in the box <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. I am done here <laughs> you know mm-hmm. put it all in the box put it away yeah. and then it you know yeah. and then it had to come out of that box really it had to come out of that box for me to move on or me not move on I think me for me to learn how to live with I would say mm-hmm. you know, living with um and sort of getting through those cycles you know because I think Angie's had a lot of treatments where she's constantly at the doctors, constantly at the hospitals. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a full-time job. Process. It really is a full-time yeah, job. Yeah, it's a full-time job. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it just depends on, on you know, where you're at and that sort of a thing. But it's, um, yeah, cancer, cancer doesn't end after treatment stops. It's just the, it's just the beginning, actually, I think. And for me, that was actually it the is. Because I didn't have that security blanket of, you know chemotherapy getting more checkups that sort of a thing it stops and then obviously you have to learn to trust yourself do you know do those checks trust your body all that sort of stuff and then deal with the emotional effects um because i don't know about you but when i you know when i was doing the cancer thing with children i kind of had to put it away and deal with the kids <laughs> and then yeah you know and then you kind of you know pick it up and, and get with it when you can really um yeah it's, it's one of those things. There's actually a good article that um, a doctor wrote. I think it was Dr. Harvey somebody. I can't remember his name, but I'll try and get it to you. But he wrote about mm-hmm. sort of life and what that's like and just the ups and downs of what the emotional effects are. But kind of that mm-hmm. sort of roller coaster that you kind of go through or might be mm-hmm. on at some point. Yeah, and a, and a lot of times... Sorry. Now I was about to say, a lot of times that um, we don't quite hear about it, like, people in our age group, you know, because cancer is usually yeah. talked mm-hmm. about like after you've retired or, you know, like you're in your 50s, 60s. And it's not like in this age group where you're just like right at the beginning of like your family life. And, you know, you've got kids and yes. kids are not going to be waiting for a kid. You know, they don't, 
that, that doesn't affect them, you know. It does. It, it does no. affect them, but it's like you know, you. It does, but not yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, and so how do you how do you do that? You know, how do you deal with life plus, you know, and then like with twenty twenty, it's like everybody's like the pandemic. It's like yeah, the pandemic plus cancer, like you know. Plus, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's everything plus. Yeah, it is. And everything aside from cancer wasn't enough to jump. You know, I was struggling as it was to keep all those, you know, the moving pieces of my life together. Plus, you know, then this hit, you know, the pandemic and then plus this. And it was just like, what in the, you know, like there, there's definitely some different outlooks I have my life and lifestyle or just whatever it is, you know, mindfulness or how I'm carrying on going forward with myself, I think higher priority than I was before yeah for whatever reason you know I feel yeah and then the other side like seeing you know your age mates carrying on life you know without Mm -hmm. this cloud over their head and it's like it's almost like a a loss of innocence like you you know you're almost just like wow Mm -hmm. I can never go back to that like you know I can never yeah I'm accidentally get pregnant or you know do all of these you know complain about like gossip about you know PTA whatever like just mundane things Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that's that's gone (laughs) which is yeah in a way because yeah you know I some things I won't miss I'm not gonna lie yeah I think um I'm okay with that other things I think I will miss and yeah it, it will I'll never be the same person like there's no way I can you know yeah we're going forward from here not backwards yeah 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 so I mean kind of ending it I suppose what would be what would be your top tip for somebody going through cancer treatment um at the moment and then where do you see yourself going like future wise um obviously you've <laughs> you might've realized things that you enjoy more, or you might've, like mm-hmm. you said, put some things aside. <laughs> or do you see yourself, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to someone? I would say, let's start with advice. I think at any point during treatment, I would say, still, all this sounds much easier said than done, but taking things one day at a time, like just break it down this whole you know cancer the treatments the appointments the medicines the side effects that everything that goes with it is so daunting and you can't tackle it all at once you know you have to break this down and mindset included like there's just take it one step right like one foot in front of the other get yourself going and you you know you're gonna be all right there will be a moment you're not going to be okay. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. We've all lived with that uncertainty, the fear, the unknown, and we've all sat in how uncomfortable that is. And we've come out much stronger. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's not comfortable, but you, you're only going to gain something from this. And so one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Carly, you We're said your phrase all at once. <laughs> I know. I like it. Oh, I did. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to play that song a little bit. Title. We're gonna have to make it the title of our podcast. There's some. There are some really high notes in that song, so just look out for them. (laughs) (laughs) To hit. They are to hit. Um. 
So then, yeah, so obviously advice for people, I think that's good, just sort of saying, you know, take it one step at a time, kind of, you know, realize, I'll have to say it now, you can't do it all at once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Particularly as moms, I think we think we can do it all, don't we? Yeah. think we can do it all. But there's one thing that you cannot do it all. You're going to have to ask for some help, and you're going to have to take it one step at a time. Mm. Now, that is excellent, excellent advice, and I think it's something that someone should follow or could follow with the support that's in place. Um, where do you see yourself going future-wise? I'm not, I'm not saying, like, down the road. We just let, Let's think in the moment here. Let's think in the moment. Sure, yeah. sure. I am going to, I think my next steps are getting back to work, transitioning back to work Mm -hmm. and being an attending. That was what I've trained for, for the last 12 years. And I just started um, and was just transitioning into, you know, I was really just getting to being comfortable and now I've been out all the year. So I think it's going to take me a moment to struggle, or or, excuse me, not struggle, to transition back into my, um, what I'm supposed to be doing there and what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, I think the future is pretty open and I think it's really exciting to think of it as a very open thing for me because with medical training and kids, every minute of the last 12 years, well, since I left high school, so make that 16 years, Mm -hmm. has been extremely calculated to get me to where I am. And, you know, then everything was flipped upside down with breast cancer and the pandemic. And now I feel this like freedom going forward of like, I see so many different opportunities, um, whether it's for a little creativeness, some writing, some advocacy, continuing to educate and empower related to breast cancer. I just see a lot of opportunities and I'm a little excited to not know Hmm. exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. that's actually good. that's actually a good way to put it. I mean, a good way to put it, really. And obviously, we see your creativity, your blog, um, yeah. your dancing skills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what's next. Actually, I'm waiting for the next video now. Aren't you, Angie? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. entertaining. I'm like, wow. She, where did she find the time? Like, you're you're really, yeah. I have it is. It's. <laughs> well, you have a song. You have the Whitney Houston song. Uh-huh. No, I'm not going to dance. Oh, no, no, no. Why? Why not? <laughs> I'll save yeah. that for the house. But um, <laughs> for the kids. But um, yeah, I've written the song down, MIA, MIA, sort of Warrior Temple. I've got that down. We're really mm-hmm. talking about that. So I'll be looking out for your next video. And where can people find find you, really? Yeah. Yeah, you? so the best place to find me on is on my Instagram at Dr. Kavita Jackson. That's D-R-K-A-V-I-T-A. J-C-K-S-O-N or at my blog, which is www.drladyblog.com. That's drladyblog.com. Right. Now, are you going to let that TikTok information out or are you going to keep it under wraps? <laughs> oh, yes. My TikTok is the same as my Instagram as well. Okay. I have them linked, so I kind of think of them as oh, one okay. uh, yeah. account, but they are two separate. You're right. Yes. My TikTok as well, also at Dr. Kavita Jackson. DM me, comment, email me, however it is. I'd love to connect, especially with anybody who is diagnosed or um, seasoned warrior, you know, a wise warrior, whoever you are. This this is a community that, excuse me, a community that we are all now a part of um, and we're stronger together. Yeah, yeah, we're always here to support you. It's the club that, you know, you never wish to be a part of, but. Yeah. (laughs) 
we're here to welcome you <laughs> from anywhere in the world, really. Yeah, exactly. And, but when you're there, it's good actually, because there's a lot of people out there, lots of support actually. So it's we definitely yeah. don't want people to join the club or get on the train or whatever it is. Yeah. But uh, if you're there, I mean, there are there are supports available, and I think that's one of the again another one of those silver linings that exist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, and I think when you're ready. Sorry, I was saying we're talking. In I was just saying, I think. <laughs> yes, we are three different time zones. Thanks to, um, you know, all this technology that allows that to happen. Yeah. And I would just say when ready, like I, I think it, um, yeah. I read about the support groups and I knew that was all available. I didn't reach out to a single person with breast cancer actually till closer till after my double mastectomy. So that was well into remission for me. Mm. Um, you know, I can't really articulate super well. I, I didn't think it would, I think, I don't know, I wasn't comfortable doing it and that kind of stuff. And now having connected with so many people, I think once I was ready and comfortable to open up and connect with others, it's been huge. That's how I've met the two of you and so many people through social media that, yeah. you know, I just realized this place where I felt so alone is like the opposite. Now I feel like I know more people with breast cancer and, yeah. or affected by cancer in any way that I than I don't so yeah and yeah. I think just sort of to end it, I think you kind of mentioned a key point is it's all about when you're ready you don't have to just jump yeah out the support just get it get it when you're ready um and you'll know when you're ready you'll know when you're ready mm -hmm. and and when when you're ready there are people there that's yeah we're not alone on this journey I mean maybe 20 years ago people wouldn't, you know, maybe talk about these sort of things, um, you know, with younger people with cancer or what have you, it just wouldn't be something that would be talked about or they wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have had this sort of support network that we do due to the technology really. Um, so definitely grateful for that. And I'd like to thank you for coming on the show, Kavita. Thank nice you, Angie. Thank you, Carly. Thank yeah, you both, yeah. of, uh, yeah. both of you guys for staying up for me tonight. Yeah, sorry, it's like almost uh, to join midnight. You guys. It's almost midnight for me and I, uh, this, these drugs are really <laughs> taking, oh, it's 12.05 actually, yeah. These drugs are like really like hitting me and so I'm just like, ah, my head is, sorry. Yes, please. I hope you get, I hope you get some rest tonight and get the calories in yeah. that you need tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, let me know if you have any tips on like high caloric uh, foods and drinks that uh, I can take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know like most of the regular protein shakes and yeah stuff like that. But... Yeah. yeah. Are you doing anything like a magic, magic mouthwash to help with the oh. discomfort? What is it? I've been trying. I mean, the, the doctors gave me some baking soda thing and some mucus thing for like the thrush of my mouth and the esophagus but what's this do you know what's this magic magic mouthwash it's one part benadryl to lidocaine um and sometimes semethicone or there's a third component that's added in there so they're all three can i believe depends on you know what's over the counter there you can either get them over the counter the three different medications or get them prescribed and it's just a one-to-one-to-one -one -to -one mixture Mm -hmm. um, you swish it around in your mouth. You can kind of gargle back here and it just numbs all everything up for you. So okay. some people with, who've had thrush and have a lot of, or esophagitis and yeah. some discomfort, adults or kids, we use that sometimes. Okay. At, at least maybe ask, maybe it wouldn't hurt to ask, maybe. Yeah. Have you ever, um, Angie, have you ever been given like a mouthwash? Because I know when I have lots of ulcers yeah. and things, they give 
mouthwash that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have it, but it's just like baby. Maybe, maybe it's the yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yours just so you can get food down. Oh, really. Yeah. Yeah. Tricky. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should probably anyway, recording now. I'll get through it. Get yeah, through it. I was like, you know, I don't know if we should keep that in the recording, yeah. my. No, no, no. We keep. <laughs> I don't want anyone to try to. I don't. I don't want anyone to make that concoction from my recommendation alone. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. What's the disclaimer you say? Like, there's a disclaimer, like you know the. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, in general, that I I'm I don't give any medical advice. Please right. consult your doctor. Yes. Please that, that's kind of what I say. Blanket yeah. statement. Yeah. 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 It's hard, you know, with one piece of information. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I could say so many things, but I don't have the complete picture. So. Yeah. 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 That was my disclaimer. Don't mix that without talking to your doctor. Exactly. Numbness, <laughs> like, is it lots of pain when you in that like in that area like in your throat like there's yeah I mean I don't feel it um when I'm talking it's more so when I'm yeah. swallowing and it feels like it's no, just like swallowing down knives just like it's uh yeah and it makes it very uncomfortable to eat so unpleasant yeah, yeah. so it's a vicious cycle because it's like you don't want to eat because it hurts too much but you have to eat because you have to keep on the pounds mm -hmm. to like be able to do the chemo what do they think it is then? So if it's not brush, what is it then? No, it's it's the side effect from like the radiation, the chemo, like the esophagitis thing. Oh, esophagitis. Yeah, yeah they said it's going to okay. take about two months to like clearly go away. So now I just have to wow. like use my willpower and just like, you know, suck it up and just be like, look, you're just going to have to fatten yourself up and eat even if it hurts and try to distract myself, you know, by like watching Netflix or watching TV while I'm eating and you know mm -hmm. well, okay, yeah. so eat as you're doing that's yeah. how they say you can normally gain weight <laughs> if you're not, you know, those are the things i need to not do yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean the funny thing about breast cancer i mean you know there are lots of funny things but i think the um the whole thing like with the weight gain or what have you mm -hmm. like, your breast cancer estrogen positive or was it estrogen positive or uh, negative i'm all triple negative Negative, yeah. yeah. So, um, with the estrogen positive or estrogen positive, as they say in the states, um, the the hormonal hormonal therapy drugs or what have you, they just, mm -hmm. just put on. I mean, I didn't gain weight through chemo yeah. or what have you, maybe like five pounds, and then I um got on these sort of so what have you, and bam, it was there. Aww. <laughs> when you go on steroids and you I mean yes when you gain like you know eight pounds in a week or something but then it yeah you, but then you just kind of like you know eat more <laughs> I have a strong a strong family history of diabetes and I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant and so I am very cognizant you know uh paranoid and fearful and trying to be mindful of not developing diabetes myself and then the steroids did not help yeah. with any of that yeah. so yeah that different cycle but um yeah it's the it's tricky though it's tricky but um yeah, yeah. you just got to hang in there Andy don't you yeah no no yeah. It's, you know it's like I said it's a marathon it continues I'm hanging in there I have no choice but but yeah I mean it's great that you know we're able to connect with you Dr. Kavita yeah. thank you guys so much and I want to yeah. keep you guys up so late thank you again for adjusting the time and stuff yeah, um, yeah, no, and yeah. I'm really excited to hear when this comes out and continue to stay connected
Yeah. Do you um do you have any like headshots or pictures that you can send me? So I do. I yeah. Can I email them over? Yeah, if you could do that, that would be great sure. actually. And um, what we'll do is we'll probably get you out. I'll type up the show notes or what have you, and take some picture. You know, your pictures, mm-hmm. what have you, and start working on the promotion um, side of things. So I just had um, we just had another podcast that came out, and I just need to do a couple more things for her, like video and um, mm-hmm. audio sound, and then I can sort of get yours out as well. But I did like a post okay. day run up to it or what happened yeah we're we're newbies and we're you know going along you know we're learning as we're going along because we're like we have no time to become podcast so am I. and <laughs> you know we grow as we got all this technology um, yeah. but we yeah. recently had them um, i don't know if you have you ever heard of ananda lewis um no she was maybe a little bit maybe she was a little bit too young for, <laughs> for her because you're 33 right <laughs> Yeah. She was more yeah. from generation. Yeah, she's more like, like third. Yeah, bit, yeah our our generation. But, but um, yeah, we recently did some episodes with her. So after probably oh after podcast your podcast out, we'll probably do hers out after. So yes, be, she was a VJ. Very cool VJ for MTV and yeah. BT, like back in the nineties. Yeah. Oh, you know, I feel like that name sounds so from. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm probably yeah, her. yeah, because she recently oh, yeah. disclosed that she had breast cancer. Um, that she I'm had okay maybe that's why I know that name because yeah. it like came up with yeah yeah I yeah she does look real familiar to me yeah 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 okay but yeah wow. oh but it's, it's great you know connecting with you know people like so many amazing people who are going through this and you know statistics say that like one in two people will develop cancer in our lifetime mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. is going to be something that a lot of people are going to have to deal with um, whether I know or not not even the topic here but it's like why yeah like what is in our whether mm-hmm. environment chemical yeah. you know what is it that yeah. is you know yeah Definitely. I'm just curious to see and I know there's a little research and stuff but it's just like mind-boggling yeah to me you know yeah I don't understand this yeah your mind will go crazy if you try to you know discern like why and why me and you know what did I what is it in my body and how can I control it and like it's yeah it'll bring you down that rabbit hole (laughs) yeah 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 that's the one when I yeah when I was first diagnosed you know I was like I can't get past it because I'm still stuck on how and why yeah yeah those are things I'll never have the answer to and I know that now Mm -hmm. and you have to be satisfied with that like you have to be and you have to, to be okay with that yeah yeah to move forward yeah 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 tricky isn't it tricky cool all right well thank you all so right. much well good night both of you right. thank all you right. so much yeah. have a good so night. just email over any headshots or anything and i'll um i'll get the uh i'll start getting the information out so it should be coming out soon um awesome. bear with me this sure no problem no no problem no you're, you're juggling a lot everybody is juggling a lot both yeah, of you guys everything. especially you know you have the plus so exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right good night okay. all right good night bye, bye. cracking cancer chit chat is where we are at folks Keeping it real and letting you in on how we really feel. It ain't easy for us, and we hope you never join our cancer team. Know what we mean? But 
If you are yours do, we're here for you. So check yourself and be the best version of you. It's all, it's all you, you can, can do. do. Bye, okay. Angie. Yeah. Bye. That, was, that wasn't okay. too bad, actually. <laughs>